Hello and welcome to the sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is super talented, the artist Marjay, someone I've been dying to talk to. Thanks for coming to the sanctuary <laughs> today. I appreciate it, bro. Yo, how are you feeling? Um, honestly, it's been up and down. You know, I come. It comes in waves, really. Like creativity is like what. Like, my creativity is what makes me breathe. So, like, you know, it's been a really, like, with the with the situation in the world, it's been, like, really up and down, right? Mm. But, yeah, we here. We still grind. <laughs> so, like, I guess, um, well, you know, you mentioned it. We're now kind of in a new lockdown. But I'm uh -huh. going to reverse it first a, a little bit to the very first lockdown. Um, were there things you had planned before that lockdown that, you know, you put the uh, stop on? Yes. Um, man, I was supposed to put out a, a, a project last year and I just, the, the, the momentum wasn't there, so I had to postpone it. But um, my plan's really been the same. Uh, so I've just been building up content. If anything, it's only improved. Like, you know, like I've had time to like sharpen things before I present them to the world. But the plan has been the same to, to you know, come out, come out swinging, lots of content, lots of videos, um, collaborations. You know, I'm, I'm kind of in a space now that I wasn't in, you know, definitely wasn't in when I put up my last project, which was in 2017. So definitely... I miss being out there. I just want to get in the game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so let's even go way back, right? Uh, at what point did you know, I want to do this music thing? Oh, man. Basically, the first time I started watching BET, honestly, like, I would see... I would see Ludacris and, like, Snoop and 50 Cent. I would see these guys, and I'm just like, man... Their life looks so amazing. You know, they got it all. These are the coolest people on the planet. And I was like, I want to be one of the coolest people on the planet. So from that point, I just, you know, I was writing every day. And then, like, uh, were you doing any type of writing before this happened? I, I always tell people, like, my mama had me reading and writing, like, at a young age. So, like, I knew... I was better than my peers when it came to reading and writing. And that was any kind of writing. So I knew I wasn't the best basketball player amongst my peers. but I And I wanted that too. But I was like, <laughs> that doesn't seem as feasible as being, you know, the best writer, best rapper amongst my peers. So I always knew that I had that edge as far as like being a writer. So that comes with anything. Like I've always liked writing essays in school, short stories, poems, anything in school. I was always writing. So like, you know, you mentioned poems. Did you find like uh, being able to write poems, you trans, I guess you, I guess you just translate that into your raps? Uh, in a way, I, when, when you're actually in music, you do see, um differences between like you know um what poetry is and what like what rap is as far as like cadences and um I'm really into spoken word right now cuz I really love the cadences that people in spoken word use so I've been trying to incorporate that in my music too but yeah 
it, I mean, rhyming words and like telling stories, like that translates through all through all writing, creative mm -hmm. writing. So, so like, uh, and then when you were writing, uh, do you start recording right away, or how did that happen? Um, no, I didn't start recording. What I would used to when when I first started um, writing, what I would used to do and love doing was um, making album covers on PowerPoint and making like track lists on PowerPoint. Like I would make PowerPoint um, presentations of like my track list, my cover art. Like I just loved like the whole art of the process when it came to like being a rapper and creating an album. Yeah. Um, so like. That was like what when I was in grade grade five, so that was years ago. And what we had were Dell computers in the classroom, and yeah, that I would you know always fight to get on the computer just so I could you know make another track list that was sitting in my head, or like you know create what my um my rap album cover would look like. Yeah, so I was just super into that, and then in grade seven, I started recording with a friend just on his um on his computer um i was just so fascinated that like his laptop had like a microphone and you could record on fruity loops like i was so fascinated by that um and then in like i think it was grade nine um we had these tape recorders in our classroom for a project i stole one of those and then like <laughs> recorded like i would practice recording myself on that Yeah. yeah. And um where would you get the beats from? Oh, that was like during the mixtape era, so we were taking everybody else's beats, yeah. <laughs> there was there was no such thing as rapping on your own beat. <laughs> what what are what are some of the beats you remember uh and you enjoyed rapping on? Uh Grinding, of course, that's a classic. Uh what happened to that boy? Any clips beat, because they had Mr. Me Too as well. Um, a bunch of Lil Wayne beats, 50 Cent, um, Like My Style was one of my popular beats that I would rap on. Um, Ludacris had some beats that I really liked. Um, for some reason I liked The Potion, which I don't like that beat now. Why? And then there, what, what changed? And, that, and then there was like number one spot. I really liked that beat. I'm not sure if I like that beat as much anymore, but like those beats <laughs> were just super, those beats were super cool to me. Uh, number one, yeah, yeah, oh, uh, oh, yeah, that's the one from the film. Um, Austin yes, Powers. Austin Powers, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to love that song. I used to love Ludacris, man. I was obsessed with Ludacris. He had a hard fall as far as like rap goes because okay, so I he, mean, he was he was doing other things, so like, right, right. I'm But like, you know, there's a song of his that I don't know if he's in his last album or whatever it's called. Oh man, like the beast. Is it a beast? I can't remember. But anyway, I, you know, while we're talking, I'll try to find it. But oh man, um, um, yeah, it is, it is, it's great. So, so, but like, when did you beast mode? Yeah, have do you know beast mode? I don't, I haven't listened to Ludacris since, like, yeah, you should, since you, way should you should, you should, you should listen to that. <laughs> It's it's really dope. Um, and then one time did you start? Okay, you know you're tired of using people's beats, and you're gonna be singing on beats you found. Uh huh. Somewhere. When was that? Uh, probably really when I had access to a producer. So I met Jordan Metro. What like maybe seven or eight years ago, 
And that's when I started to like really hop on other beats. That's also um, close to when the mixtape era died down anyways. So, you know, everyone was translating to like ownership and like, you know, the importance of that and having your own records and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, when I had access to a producer, it was a lot easier to be like, OK, I can I can get beats, you know. So and and then did did anything change about your writing that time? Oh man, my writing changed um tremendously. So when I first started writing, you know, you're trying to write like like the people you look up to. Mm -hmm. So you know, there were similarities with like Little Wayne in my in my um uh, my my lyrics and my voice. There was similarities with um Fifty Cent, um. Yeah, just, and the things I would write about, like, you know, it, I always say, like, us 90s baby, we grew up in a weird time where it was, where we seeing the super album era, but we're also seeing the super single era. So, um, see, being submerged in both of those worlds really, uh, really affected my writing and writing style and, and like the changes that came. Uh, one thing I realized about myself is, I don't like busy beats. I like very basic, you know, I like synths. I like, you know, find one or two samples, um, uh, a drum pattern, and I'm good most times. As long as the as long as the melody and the and the synth are very, very distinct, mm -hmm. um, I'm usually good after that. I really don't need difficult, you know, beats. I actually hate that because for me, writing has always been the most important part. When I first started writing, I was writing without a beat. So it was mm. like, this was what the song was, was what I was writing. So I never want to get drowned out. Um, that's actually my um, issue with performing with a band. A lot of people are like, Maje, Maje, you'll sound good with a band. And um, most performances I've had with a band, I felt like I was being drowned out and screaming in the microphone. And that one thing for me is just like the lyrics are so important to me. I mean, I'm putting my life into them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not necessarily making the beat. You know, that's coming from the producer's heart. But the lyrics, I need to be heard. So I need, I kind of need my vocals over the beat. Like, you know, like, like for So real. what if it was just like a drum and a guitar or like a drum? Bro, I love doing that. Yeah. I, I, like, that is my comfort zone. I've done multiple performances. I actually have a single that's um 90% guitar. Uh... Yeah, I really like, so instead of a band, when I'm doing performances, I would just like me and a piano player, me and a guitar player. And I'd rock that. I'd be like, yeah, this is, this is, this is my pocket. I could exist here. Mm. Yeah. But so, my writing style really has been, I went from punchline, 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 punchline um, to like, you know, kind of like talking about my life now, incorporating my life. So that's what, that's what the punchline is. That's what the great lyrics are is me you know painting perfect pictures of my life yeah yeah yo um um what what is uh i remember you know anyway no i'll come back to that but like you're writing doing on beats with jota metro was he like did you work with other producers at this point or was it just him uh i started out um really working with him but i like i write too slow and 
and he makes beats at his own pace. So we're never on the same, like, you know what I mean? The same, the same tempo as far as like creativity. Um, so I'm constantly on like BeatStars and YouTube looking for new producers and new beats just to, you know, just to keep it, to keep it going. Mm. Yeah. Keep my options open for real. Right, right. Um. Oh, yeah. I remember what I wanted to say. Another. I don't know. So you know, like DJ Premier, his beats sound sounds like kind of the things you like, like uh -huh. one or two samples, simple, maybe strings, and that's it. It's like pretty much ready to go. I love his mm -hmm. voice, and he's also so repetitive. So when you're now working on your on your on your lyrics and stuff and your writing, what are some of the things you like writing about? Uh yeah, that's another thing that changed too. So when I first started writing, I could write without a beat. Now I make the point to not write without the beat because I want my vocals to hug the beat. And I want the vocals to bring out an emotion in me that way, you know, we're we're in sync and I'm not looking, you know, I'm not making two versions of, you know, the same song because like, this is it. Like me and the beat, like we're married at this point. You know, so that's super important for me. So when I'm writing, sometimes I'll have an idea. Sometimes I'll have song titles or whatnot, in, you know, in my head. But for the most part, I'm finding beats, freestyling to them, finding a pocket. And once I find a melody, I'm like, oh, yeah, the song's written. The song's done. The song will literally write itself because I've been writing for so long. Like I've been doing that hard part for so long. So now I approach songs with finding a melody. Um... I never, I, sometimes I record it if I need to find the tone, but most times I don't need to record it. I always say if, if I don't forget, like, if I like it, I won't forget it. So, um, I never forget the melodies to songs that I want to keep. And so then, yeah, so the melody is more important. And then I put it away. I never, ever push myself to like write this song, right? Like today I'm like, it'll come to me when it comes to me. That way I'm not like writing um it over and over and scratching things out anything i put on paper or in my notes is the final copy i never ever put like practice lines in there or anything oh, wow. always yeah so when when you know you have the the melody and everything is all good when you're like okay it's time to write do you just sit down and write the entire song three verses or do you write it in bits and pieces usually bits and pieces like I said, I never, ever get myself um, overthinking or stressed out about the song. I'm always just like, it'll come to me, mm. you know. And then I'll get a feeling. I usually get goosebumps when, well, I always get goosebumps when a song is finished. And that's just how I know. I'm like, okay, this is it. Yeah. I guess, you know, that was that was going to be my question, but you kind of answered it. I was going to be like, how do you now know the song is finished? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I always get goosebumps when the song is finished. <laughs> well, yeah. that's a great indication. So, um, yeah. and then, you know, you're writing all these songs, working with these producers and stuff. Did you ever, like, uh, do features with people and stuff? Um, I have a few features out there. Not as much as I um, should probably have or as much as I would like. Uh, um, that was a big uh, thing in my my career too. Was like, you know, in the beginning, it was like I could do everything. Like, you know, I want to do the hook. I want to write because it almost had like a trust um, issue. Like where I was like, I know I could write this song the way I want it to be written. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was looking at it the wrong way, and then I got invited to 
uh, Gordy Sampson's songwriting camp. And then like, they really just opened my eyes to like, this is just one painting in like, you know, the thousands of paintings you're going to write in your life. Like when it came to songs. So it was like, don't, don't worry about, you know, sharing the wealth on a record, you know, don't like, you know, like don't get too caught up in the fact that who wrote what, you know, and just like, this is like, like they said, this is one like painting in like the thousand songs that you're going to write in your life. So, you know, that's the approach that um, I'm taking now. Mm. It's like, and it takes, um, it takes the pressure off you too. So when people ask to collab with me or when I come up with an idea for to collab with someone else, mm-hmm. it's, it's always like, uh, they, I'm, I'm like, send me a finished product so I can ride your wave. Like, I don't want to think about it too much. So, like, bring what you want to, you know, you know, bring to the record. Send it to me just so I can ride your wave. Because that, like, you know, it takes um, pressure off me as far as, like, Maget's, like, catalog. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, you, you, you keep kind of leading me to where I want to go. I want to talk about the songwriting camp. How did you get the opportunity? How was that experience? Oh, man. So it's obviously it's invite only. Um, so I applied and I think I applied the first year and didn't get in. And then I applied again and got in. Um, but yeah, just like it really, it, like I said, it really opened my eyes to like the songwriting process. And like there was hits coming out of there. Like it was, fi- it was what, five or six days long and we were writing um we were coming out of the week with 40 records like as like a combination you know of all of us and they were like radio ready man they were coming up with some really good records um i went there two years in a row yeah so yeah we're going in there coming out with like you know like album ready records like oh my goodness this like this idea was so amazing so like it opened my eyes to like the possibility of letting people in you know other creatives that are are just as good or even better at writing songs than mm-hmm. I am. So um, that was super. And it was on a resort. So, like, we was living our best <laughs> life, man. I didn't touch my debit card all week. Like, it's like, you know, like, it, like, it was definitely a vibe. I will say, being in um, Nova Scotia and being where it is, like, it's in Cape Breton. It takes place in Cape Breton. Mm. Um, the lack of black artists that were there was... Um, was I mean it was a it was a hurdle that I had to get over, mm-hmm. you know like it was something that I had to like mentally deal with, uh, but yeah I have nothing but um, good things to say about that camp. That camp was amazing. It helped me as a songwriter. Um, like I said, I lived my best life, um, met some really good people. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you mentioned the thing about you know were you the only black artist there? Would you say? I. Uh, the first year, yeah, and then the second year, I think it was um, me, Rainy, and Zamani. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm, I was there with some heavyweights, so I was in good company for sure. Right, but so but there was no other black males there. That, that's the thing I was gonna yeah, go to. Yeah. Like, um, you know, did the genre of music matter? Like, what other genre? What were the other artists' genre of music? And like, you do hip hop. Was <clears> that <throat> was that an issue when it came to writing songs? Bro, we all know what's the most popular um, <laughs> genre in the world. So, 
So most of the artists wanna, you know, they wanna collab with me, right? Because right, they don't, right. they don't, they don't usually do that, you know. Right. And they're on, they're on the inside, they're on the outside looking in, like, oh man, let's do that kind of record, right? Like, you right, know. Right. So yeah, but it also helped me um with, spread my wings as an artist too, because I'm writing raps every day, you know what I mean, and not necessarily in other genres, but mm. um I was, I was super impressed with myself. Like I challenged myself to, you know, to like. To fit in, but to also stand out, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. like, bring bring my my creativity and my voice to other genres, um, like in a smooth manner, like in a manner that, like, you know, made sense. So, like, my voice and my flows that I was coming up with that week on those records, I was super proud of myself because I, you know, I made that challenge to myself before I went there, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna spice up these guys' records, not the other way around. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Right. So another thing I wanted to touch about is like, you know, Melissa McMaster from 902 Hip Hop. How Mm -hmm. did you guys meet up? And like, how did, because like, I think one of the highlights was uh, you going to Atlanta for a week. So how did you start, get on 902 Hip Hop? And how did it lead to you getting to Atlanta to do what you had to do? Um, so I met Melissa, honestly, like, me and Melissa um, met, I would say, we were both in, like, the rookie season of our careers. So, um, I mean, that's the easy, that's the best time to meet people that, that you're going to need in your career and in your life. Uh, so, we met each other when we both had no idea what was going on. Um, I was just, like, I wasn't new to rapping, but I was new to the industry and um, the possibilities of where I could go. And that was um, a shout out to Centerline Studios, uh, Sobez Benjamin, and then um, also Youth Art Connection, which helped me like see that as a rapper, there, like there's so much more that goes into it, right? So um, the the combination of those um, people in my life um, hooked me up with meeting Melissa in at a conference that we went to. I think in I think it was Anaganish first. And then we seen each other again at another conference in Cape Breton. And uh, yeah, so that was just someone that believed in me like in the beginning, like from the jump, like when we first met each other, it was like, yo, you know what I mean? You got it. Uh, Fast forward to like almost what, nine, almost 10 years. No, I would say, I would say nine or eight years. Um, And yeah, we're still working together. it's 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 different because a lot of times a manager can only have like one or two artists, but like she manages um, a few others. So like um, I don't know how many it is right now, but like at one point it was like you know seven or eight of us that were going to Melissa for like you know you know management help. So it it's almost like it's different because. Everyone can go out, you know, do their thing. And there's no, there's no like constant pressure. Like, you know, nobody down your throat being like, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? She's just there when you need her kind of thing. So, I mean, that really helps for me because that's, that's just how I work. Mm. Um, I never want to feel pressured or also when I feel pressured, I come through. Um, But I I always say I don't want to feel pressured. And then when I am pressured, it's like, you know, like good things happen, but 
like I said, there's no there's no constant like you know like, and it does, it's not necessarily negative, but mm. you know like you can you can work at your own pace easily. I would say because you know like she's just there when you need her and um, Atlanta. Like, it was so funny. I never heard from her for, like, you know, months, you know. And I was trying to get a hold of her at the time. But, like, she was super busy, like, doing whatever she's doing. Because this is a woman that's, like, moving mountains, bro. Like, she's not playing no, like, little games. Like, she's playing, like, she's playing, like, chess in real life. So, like, um, so, like, and I understand that. I get it. Like, she has, like, a bigger vision for herself and for, for all of us as artists. So, um, haven't heard from her for months. She comes to me and like she's like, yo, I have something to tell you, da da da. And I'm like, okay, what is it? She's like, okay, I'm gonna send you to Atlanta for a month, um, in the summer. So you know, like I was like, man, I was kind of, I was low key mad at you, like haven't heard from you in so long. And then you coming to me with this, so I was like, I was like, I was like, all's forgiven. Like, what do I have to do? Um, and honestly, prior to Atlanta, like. That year and a half before Atlanta, I wasn't writing anything meaningful. Oh. I was having the hardest time as an artist. I wasn't writing anything that I liked or wanted to keep. I was, and I was in the point. I was, I was in a place of trying to figure out who I was as an artist too. Mm. Like I did that project in 2017, and I was like, I only did that project to prove that I could do it, to prove that I could do what your favorite rapper does better than your favorite rapper. Like that's literally why I made that project. But I was like. There's only one or two songs on there right now that I'd perform and be like, yeah, that's still Maget. Mm-hmm. Um, so that what I what I was trying to figure out was like, what was my sound going forward? So like a year and a half before then, I wasn't writing anything meaningful, you know. Also, wasn't pressuring myself. I was like, it'll come when it comes. You know, I'm listening to beats. You know, I'm doing I'm doing the process, but nothing was like really coming from it that I wanted to keep. Yeah. And then I go to Atlanta. I get off the plane. I go straight to the studio. I don't even um, drop off any of my stuff. I went straight to the studio because wow. Jordan Crocher was there and um, Kale was already there recording. So I was like, yo, I'm just going to come to the studio, check in, you know, brought my suitcase, whatnot. And jo- uh, Kale had this song that he was finishing up and there was this outro part. And I was like, man, that outro sounds crazy. So I started freestyling. And boom, bro, right off the plane, like 40 minutes after getting off the plane, I wrote like for the first time in a long time and I loved it. So yeah, that's, that's, um, KO's song left on red. Uh, we did that in Atlanta, uh, wicked song. I, I, his, his writing is so like unbelievable and also so natural and so easy, like to, to collab with KO, um, it was just like. It was a match made in heaven. It was like it was like it made sense for me because I was like I know how serious he is about the art, but also our writing styles are completely opposite. See, he'll write a hundred songs a month, and I'll write like one every six months. But like <laughs> the combination of us, it right, was it right, was right. it was a match made in heaven. That was also one of the things too, because we were being paired up. Like the artist that she was managing, yeah. we were being paired up to go to Atlanta together, yeah. and I was like, "I'm only going with Kale." Mm-hmm. I was like, "That, like that, that just made sense." I was like, "I'm only gonna go with Kale." I know, cause I think that that was bigger than music too, because I knew he was he was used to living out of a suitcase, so I was like, 
I'm not used to being, you know, away from home. So I want to go with someone that's used to that, you know, that combination, that mix, you know, I'd be in Atlanta and I'd feel, you know, I'd feel comfortable. I feel good. And it took no time for me to, to feel comfortable. I mean, it's Atlanta. It's the most hospital, hospital place in the world. Like, yeah, like Southern hospitality. I mean, it's a real thing. So like, I went there and I didn't want to leave, bro. Like it was like <laughs> everyone treats you like like you belong there. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah, Atlanta is a beautiful place. And then, I won't be I won't be back there anytime soon, but yeah, it's it's beautiful. I can't wait to get back there. Nice. And then you know you kind of build on that, and I remember on um, the artist in resident happened not shortly. Oh after. yes. Right? Do you feel like whatever happened in Atlanta led kind of, you know, to that residency? One thousand percent. You want to know why? why? Because when we were on the last day when we were leaving, um, Melissa said to me, she said, if you want to come back here, you got to find some money. Because the first time, you know, she found money to pay for it. And she was like, if you want to come back here, like prove it kind of thing. Um, you need to find some money. Bro, as soon as I found out about the 20K competition, I was like... Yo, I'm entering this and I'm winning, <laughs> bro. I made plans with the money like months before I won. Gosh, dude. I was like, I was like, I, I, I was spoken into existence. I knew I was gonna win. I was like, there's nothing that's gonna stop me. Um, but like I said, it was like the pressure thing. Under pressure, I really, really trust myself. I'm like, if there's money on the line or if there's like a prize on the line, I really trust that Maje is gonna come through. Mm. And then, like, so you apply. And then you yeah. get called into the final, I think it was final four. How was the final five? Yeah, five, final five. five. How yeah, was the yeah. preparation for that? Oh man, I was a wreck. You know, like <laughs> in my mind, you know, I'm like, I won. But then I, in my mind, I'm also like, I could get robbed. Because personally, I felt like I was like the, the artist in there with the highest ceiling. Like that was just, that was how I felt. I was like, you know, this guy, because I studied every single guy I was up against, every single artist I was up against. The final five, all four of them, I went back and I looked at their Instagrams. I looked at their careers. I looked at what I knew about them already. And I was like, you know what? Um, I really think I, I, you know, I belong here. Like, I, you know, I feel like my ceiling is extremely high. And I was determined to prove myself. I was like, I'm going to show you. Um, it's funny because... Uh, Quake was in it like two years ago, and and it's not necessarily a, an uh, an award. Why well, shouldn't say necessarily? It's not an award that usually goes to rappers, you know. And I knew that going in, and I was like, you know, like it wasn't really an award that goes to rappers, you know, being based in Nova Scotia casino, you know, just a Nova Scotia vibe. Um, and I knew that the history, you know, um, Quake did an amazing job, like. Like, literally unbelievable. Had people in tears, you know, at the performance and still didn't come out with it. And I was like, you know, so that stuck in my mind. I was like, yo, this is how, you know, th that's just like the rapper curse in the rest of the world, which is what, which is super false because I shouldn't say the rest of the world. I should just say Nova Scotia. For some reason, hip hop is very low in Nova Scotia, but hip hop is by far the biggest genre in in the world the rest of the world knows what's up it's just nova scotia that doesn't that's what it feels like mm. you know so i'm like how can i impress these people that don't know nothing about my genre 
So I was like, you know, I'm this is months before I'm preparing. I'm thinking about it every single day, my my friend. Like every single day I'm thinking about it, stressing about it, you know, confident about it, stressing about it, confident about it. Um, but I was like, you know what? I can't come in here. I was like, what's my superpower as a rapper, as an artist? And I was like, bro, it's the fact that I can exist in other genres and I can exist on beats that don't necessarily sound, you know, very hip hoppy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to bring that to the table. I called up my friend that played guitar. I was like, yo, we're going to do our song together because that's going to, they're going to be like a rapper with an acoustic version of a song. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a weapon I can use. Then I called up my other friend. I was like, yo, I need you to play piano for this record because it sounds so beautiful when it's played over um, piano. Um, and I was like, I, I'm going to have a full set of like me rapping over acoustic, me rapping over piano, and then me rapping over like hip hop beats and like with the chorus, you know, playing, you know, microphone to the crowd kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm going to add all these elements into my performance because I can't leave any stone unturned. I'm trying to win this, right. you know, 20, right. Right. 20 right. K's on the line and I'm super competitive too. That's the other thing. So I feel like rap is like the place for me because even outside of rap, I'm super competitive, man. I don't even want to lose at tic-tac-toe. Like, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, very, very competitive. So that's yeah. how I went into it. Yeah. I went into it literally with, like, a mamba mentality. I was like, I need to build up, you know, my performance because the performance was the biggest part of the um, the criteria to win. Yeah. I was like, I need to build this up so that it it makes it very hard if I was to get robbed, you know, for me to get robbed, mm. I'm gonna make it very hard for them to pick a white artist. I'm gonna make it very hard for them to pick, you know, anyone that's not anyone else that's not doing rap, you know. Um, and that's what I did. Um, like I said, super nervous up until I got on the stage. And when I got on the stage, all the jitters went away. And I knew I. W- this is the same thing that happened years ago. I knew I won about halfway through my performance, just based off of how it was going and how I felt inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really unexplainable, but like uh, like 10 years ago or like, yeah, nine or 10 years ago, I won another competition. It was a Viola Desmond songwriting competition and that was $10,000. Mm-hmm. And I went in there as an underdog, but like halfway through the performance, my jitters were gone and I felt like, I felt like I was, you know, I was, I was the winner halfway through my performance. And that just makes the second half of the performance so much easier. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I went into those super competitive. Um, and I was very confident that I would come out on top. Mm. You know, so yeah. how was the residency itself? Um, well, basically it was non-existent and really, really got really messed up due to COVID um, and everything. So that's unfortunate. Uh, there's nothing really we could do about it. Like, yeah. you know, I, I would have loved to experience like, you know, the connection with the casino and music, Nova Scotia and how that would work and growth as an artist. Mm. Um, I grew as an artist in other ways. Um, and I got, and I'm still getting paid. Like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. So yeah, it really, it really was non-existent, but damn cool. Man. Damn cool definitely. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm going to let you go with this one. though. What are some things you're currently working on? And, when you know it happens and life opens up and stuff what are you going to be yeah. doing then um okay so you're basically one of the first people like in the media world that's hearing about this but essentially i'm thinking i'm leaning towards building 
a media company at, in some sorts. Nice. Um, I don't know. I just, my whole life I've been obsessed with um, what rappers are doing outside of rap. Mm. I've always loved that. I, that that's part of the, the grading process for, for me. When I think about goats, I think about obviously your, your catalog, but I also think about what you're doing outside of music. So people I really look up to are Nipsey, obviously. Um, the way Nipsey like literally bought back the block, I just I can't say enough about how beautiful that is. Providing jobs for for your friends and your families and for like people in your community like that is just it's unheard of in like such a in such a when you're involved in such a street manner. Um, very smart man. Um, used the streets to his advantage. Um, just just like a beautiful story like through and through. Um, the things that he would build outside of um, hip hop were not necessarily always hip hop, you know, related, which was super beautiful. Um, so I think about like who is Majay as a whole, um, and like the pandemic actually had me thinking about that. But I was headed in that direction anyways. Music will always be the root of like the Majay brand, but I want many things to come from it. So. I've been thinking about um, building almost like a songwriting and storytelling curriculum that it can exist in schools. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I've been I've been doing school tours for the past uh, five years. I started out with a group of friends, and I've been doing it the past four years by myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's very important to me to talk to young people. Uh, like, man, it's so crazy. Like, years ago... I got invited to career day as a rapper. And I was like, this is mind boggling. To, like, this is mind blowing to me because this never would have happened when I was a kid. Right. I was literally at that school on career day telling them that, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or this or that. Like, it was like, I'm, I'm doing this, guys. It's funny because the school that I went to for that, I still talk to um, four of those kids today. We're still like in communication, like they come to hub all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that was so beautiful that like that years ago, I met these four kids that were just like super like, you know, super into me, obviously. And I'm super into them, like, you know, like just as young people that were curious, you know, and wanted to learn. Um, and then like years later, we connect and like, you know, they're young adults and, yeah. you know, pursuing their arts, which is beautiful. I'm glad that I could be a part of that. Like, you know what I mean? To watch them grow. Um, but yeah, so like building a media company, like, like I said, I've always been obsessed with like album rollouts and what rappers are doing outside of music. So I always felt like in Nova Scotia, why don't we have our own like black media outlets you know what i mean like and and i'm not talking like you have a podcast and and you know or you have this thing you know i'm talking like things that are funded you know what i mean are actually influencing the local culture whatnot um like that's what i see if i don't build that's what i see me like being super involved in you know that's what i really want to see um people always say you have to move away to make it you know like that's cap um and even if it's not cap i'm like well let's change that you know what i mean and nova scotia is such a like you know racist like um backwards province in a lot of ways when it comes to culture mm -hmm. and like 
bro, that's just a hurdle. That's just a challenge that I would rather take on than to ignore. Um, so Maje, like I started a podcast myself, actually audio and visual visual. Um, that's due to come out in the summer. Um, yeah, I, I accompany that with like, I have eight singles right now. Okay, um, you've been busy, dude. <laughs> yeah, in the process of shooting. I want to shoot videos for like as many of those as possible. Just because, you know, I want to have that content. Um, there's this thing I do on Instagram right now. Uh, just like one minute remixes. Like I want to do more series of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the school tour. That's called Goldmine, which is um, like that's that that's what I want it to be. I want it to be like something that can exist in these schools. Mm. Um, not just I don't want to just get called on like you know in February. I'm like I I want to be going to these schools with this you know this curriculum that I built when it came like talking about songwriting, talking about storytelling, talking about the importance of journaling, mm-hmm. um, your emotions and your feelings. Uh yeah. So that's something I'm um really working on. Um, I started. A clothing line like and i can't even say like clothing line it was more like merch um way back when i was super young you know super like you know just like just thinking oh let's start this new thing da 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 you know i <laughs> shut that down people still ask for that for those for um those hoodies and those crew necks but i was like you know what this isn't how i want to present it to the world so i shut it down mm-hmm. and i was like you know what when i'm ready we're gonna um bring it back up um so yeah, there's that. I, I I did this weird thing when I when I first started like making music where or when I first started thinking like I'm bigger than just music, where I had these I wanted to start things that had the initials GM. So three things that I start all have the initials GM. Don't ask me why, I just think that's super cool okay. and cohesive. Um, I just thought that was cool and cohesive. I was like, this is super cool because I could actually brand these things together somehow. You know what I mean? And branch them together. Um, so there's Goldmine, which is like, like I said, like the school tour stuff and like the, the workshops, the songwriting workshops. Um, then there's, um, Give Me a Minute, which is like the one minute remixes. And then there's Gentleman Mafia, which is like clothing. So I really like, I really want to get into like, not only building my brand as far as like having things connected to my name, I want to build like things that can outlive me. Mm-hmm. So it's basically I I really I'm really not in the one offs. I remember when I first started doing performances at the universities, they'd reach out to me and they'd be like, "You want to perform this Thursday or you know next month at you know at our bar?" And you know I said to them, I was like, "Yo, instead of me doing one show." Why don't I perform once a month for the for the whole year? And then like that set it off. Like I'm I'm into doing like, you know, I'm into building like relationships with these people that want to build relationships with me. Right. You know, so you know, I like that's just always been super important to me. One-offs really they really drive me nuts. That's why I'm super obsessed with like album rollouts, even though albums aren't so popular. Mm. I really like the process of like building up to something. You know what I mean? And then like afterwards after it's out there how does it you know how does it um keep reoccurring and existing so that that's really where my mind is um getting um more more black media here um i feel like i won't be spearheading it but i'm definitely 
in for having like the conversation like how do we get it going mm. you know because i because even like kaya like you kaya like kaya sparks i'm like these are people that need to be you know submerged in like in their fields because they're super good at it kiki beats i'm like y'all y'all so good with the interviewing and like you're also good at your art and behind the camera and working with um what you, what what y'all are submerged in and i'm like this black black news is the biggest news in the world like that like no scotia you are no different like we have the biggest all black um community in canada like as much as they try to drown us out like black culture is is here like it's here to stay and right. it's the most it's the most influential like the most powerful so i'm just super into like artists and like people in the community building things that can outlive them and like exist you know forever so i really see i don't know how it will look um right now obviously but i really see like even the word Maje sounds like a good like name for a media company so i've been thinking about that heavy um don't know like i said don't know exactly what it would look like but i really really think that there's power in like black black music black stories black media so and that needs to get popping off here wow Maje, man yeah. you know what i'm gonna just say like you know in whatever way i can contribute uh you know i'm down because yeah. like uh it's really important we do that and we tell our own stories our our own selves so yes, so i'm really yes, down yes. i'm down for that thanks for coming to this sanctuary and sharing hey, I appreciate all this much, it. and i can't wait to listen to those albums and your show in the summer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. peace out take peace. care